Welcome to Southside Presbyterian Church. The following sermon was taken from our Sunday gathering. If you'd like to find out more, or if we can help you on your journey in faith, head to our website, www.southsidepc.org, or visit us any Sunday morning at 9am. We're going to have our Bible reading now, so uh, if you've got a Bible there and use it, uh, please open to Philippians chapter 1, reading from verse 12, or it'll be on the screen. So this is uh, the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Philippi, and uh, he's currently in prison, so that changes his uh, angle from how he's writing. So reading from verse 12. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters... That what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel as a result it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that i am in chains for christ and because of my chains most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear it is true that some pre- preach christ out of envy and rivalry but others out of goodwill the latter do so out of love knowing that i am put here for the defense of the gospel the former preach christ out of selfish ambition not sincerely supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while i am in chains but that doesn't matter in the important thing is that in every way whether from false motives or true christ is preached and because of this i rejoice yes and I will continue to rejoice. Good morning, everyone. It's good to be here. My name is Ben, if we've never met. Uh, I'm one of the pastors here at church. I oversee mission, and I'm excited that we can do carols, and I'm excited that we can have 290 people in here. Uh, just to kind of go back on what Ross was saying there before, if you've been here in the last few years, it's been pumping. We've had so many people here. But we do just want to say... Uh, it's such a great opportunity if you've got people in your life who would come to the carols but may not come to church. This is perfect for them. It's going to be a great uh, moment for them, an event for them. So RSVP and get them to RSVP as soon as possible to make sure you can get their spot. Uh, but I can't wait for this chance again to do carols. We're going to read the Bible though and hear from God. So let's pray first and then we'll dig into this. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, that you are a holy and awesome God. Thank you, Father, that as we come here this morning, that we can celebrate that the God of the universe loves us and is for us. Father, we pray that you would help us to hear what you're saying and to be challenged and changed by it. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder if there's uh, anything that's getting you excited at the moment. You know, I've been seeing on social media a few people uh, are posting pictures of their Christmas tree. Is this you, right? Have you got a Christmas tree up in your house? Some people even had the nerve to come to church this morning with their kids dressed up in Christmas clothes. Some of us are getting excited about Christmas. Now, uh, at some point, I don't know if you've noticed this, but in the last few years, some of us would have argued that the 1st of December was even too early to put your Christmas tree up. COVID changed that. Did you notice that? 2020 changed that from December to November, and some of us put a Christmas tree up this year in November, and we were some of those people in our house. That tree went up a few weeks ago. 
Um, and even though I like Christmas, I've got to admit that it was weird. Right? It was weird singing Christmas carols in November. You know, I embraced it, but it was weird. So some of us are excited by that. For some of us, it's not Christmas we're excited about. We're excited that the borders are opening. You know, we can finally see family and friends that we haven't seen for a little while. For some of us, it's not that. It's the cricket that started. You know, did you notice that on Friday, the cricket started? For many of us, didn't even, even diehard cricket fans didn't even know the cricket started on Friday. But it's on, and we can be excited by that. And then for others at church, in fact, there was eight of us a couple of weeks ago, and now there's still six left. For some of us, including Elizabeth and I, we're excited to have a baby. So, you know, yeah, okay. This morning, we're going to have a chance to clap some stuff. So you can clap. You know, we don't have to do the Presbyterian half-hearted clap. So that's the warning for later on. But, you know, we're, expect, we're exciting for that. I know Elizabeth hasn't been showing much, so it's been hard to actually know that we are pregnant, but we're excited by that. And, of course, by excited, I mean afraid and panic buying toilet paper and all that stuff. But that's, that's not your business, what happens in our house. We are excited that, by that. Now, maybe it's something else for you. Maybe you're excited by something else as the year wraps up. Maybe, though, this morning as you gather here today at church, maybe you recognize, actually, there's nothing that's really exciting. You know, you don't really like Christmas, you don't like the cricket, and this year's been hard and tiring. And so when you think about being excited or looking forward to something, maybe there's a reality that this morning, it's a little bit hard for you to think about that. Now, first and foremost, I just want to say, if that is you, you're not alone, right? And there's lots of people here this morning that might feel that way. But what's interesting is whether we're excited by things coming up or not, whether we're looking forward to the end of the year or we hate the end of the year, whether we love the cricket or hate it, the Bible actually gives us a reason to be excited. And the Bible shows us as we dig into this passage, the Bible gives us a reason to find joy and excitement in the good times, but especially in difficult moments in life. And so what we want to do is ask that question, okay, what is this excitement? What is this joy we can have in good moments and in hard moments? Well, we're going to open up this passage and look at what Paul's saying here in Philippians. And we see what Paul's excited by, but notice first and foremost what he touches on here. We see it in verse 12. He says there, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Now before we get to what is exciting Paul, right, it's worth actually recognizing here that he's speaking about what has happened to him. And we want to ask that question, so what has happened to him? What's he speaking about? What's he referring to in this moment? And and Ross said it before, it's touched on in a few verses' time, but we actually see this in the book of Acts. What he's speaking about here is his imprisonment, right? So we've been going through this on the Navigate devotional podcast, if you've been listening through the story of Acts. And as you read about Paul going into prison, what I've been struck by is just how difficult it was for him on this journey to prison. In fact, in, in Acts, so if you don't know Paul, Paul is a guy who used to kill Christians, then he became a Christian and wanted everyone to know Jesus. That's kind of Paul's story. But he goes on this journey telling people about the death and resurrection of Jesus, and because of that, he suffers. So he gets put in prison, he gets beaten, he gets flogged, they tried killing him by throwing stones at him, and this pattern repeats over and over again. But then, at one point, his suffering changes a little bit. You see, it's almost like it's action-packed, one thing after the next. But at some point in the, the story of Acts, you actually see it changes from beatings, floggings, imprisonment to nothingness. 
He just gets left in limbo in a prison. For two years, he's stuck in prison. Then they move him, and then he gets shipwrecked. Like, that was better than being stuck in prison. And then Acts just finishes with him in house arrest. And as you reflect on all of that stuff from Paul, right, the beatings, the floggings, the imprisonments, all of that stuff, what do you see? You see hardship, right? You see difficulty. And when you go through the journey of Acts, you just get the experience of his pain and his suffering over and over and over again. And I wonder, you know, as you think about what Paul's going through, I wonder what you'd be experiencing. You know, if we can think, if we can put ourselves in Paul's shoes, what would we be feeling if we were Paul and that was our last few years? You know, I know for some of us this morning, it's not that hard to think about a difficult few years, right? Some of us feel that right now. Others have to work a bit harder. See, I think if it's me, if I'm Paul, I think I'm struggling with that. You know, if, if my life is constantly being beaten, 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 flogged, put in prison, I'm struggling with that. I'm wondering where God is in all of that. I'm complaining about that. I'm whinging about that if I'm Paul and that's what I go through. But do you notice what Paul says? When he reflects on what has happened to him, does he whinge? Does he complain? Well, what we see from him is quite shocking, really, when you think about it. Because the tone in his voice isn't this has been a bad thing. The tone is this has been a good thing. He says there, what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. He's saying the, the prison, the beatings, the flogs, all of that has been a good thing. So doesn't it raise a simple question? How can Paul say that? Right? How can he look back on the few years of pain and suffering and say it was good? Well, it's interesting. We're going to see this in a moment in the next few verses, but we notice this here, that for Paul, when he's reflecting on his past, he doesn't just zone in on himself. You notice that? Like sometimes when we go through really difficult seasons, sometimes it's hard to look up. Sometimes it's hard to get outside of the darkness that we're experiencing, and in that moment, what happens is the walls close in around us. But for Paul, as he reflects on what's been happening, he doesn't look in, he looks up. He sees what God has been doing. And when he sees what God has been doing, this is how in the middle of a pretty crazy season, he finds excitement. Notice this. Verse 12, he says, Now I want you to know what's happened has actually served to advance the gospel. And then verse 13. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached, and because of this, I rejoice." You see how Paul gets an excitement and joy in the middle of a difficult season. He looks up. And when he looks up, he sees that God has been at work in him and through him and around him. And he's so excited by that. He's filled with joy by how God has been working in this season. And we actually see this in three ways in this passage. The first is in the palace guard. You notice this? He says, since I've been in prison, the whole palace guard has come to know about Jesus. And what Paul's touching in on here is the fact that God sovereignly moves us 
into positions where new people can hear about Jesus. That's, that's what he's getting at here. He's saying, since I'm in prison, the palace guard got to hear about Jesus. Have you ever thought about that before? Like the palace guard may never had a chance to hear about Jesus, if not for Paul being put in prison under their guard. But Paul understands that God works sovereignly to move us in places where we are the only connection to Jesus with those people. And because of that, he says, man, I'm celebrating over that. I'm enjoying the fact that the palace guard got to hear about Jesus. God sovereignly moves us around to help new people hear about Jesus. Reminds me of this story from Open Doors. If you know, Open Doors is an organization that helps people around the world trust in Jesus in the hardest places. And James uh, from Open Doors is telling me this story about a Chinese pastor who was put in solitary confinement for 23 years, by himself in prison for 23 years for trusting in Jesus. But in those years, he found out that he could communicate to other prisoners by the sewage pipes. And across 23 years, 90 prisoners became Christians <laughs> through the sewage pipes of solitary confinement. You see God working there? Sometimes God sovereignly moves us to places to tell people about Jesus. In fact, a few weeks ago when Viv was talking about inviting someone to the Alpha Course, she said one of the things she was so challenged by was this idea that sometimes we're people's only connection to Jesus in friendship groups. You know, God moves us around to help people see Jesus. It might be in friendship groups. We might be the only Christian in friendship groups. We might be the only Christian in a street, in a workplace, in a soccer team, in a club, in a sport, in a hobby, or in a prison. We might be the only Christian like Paul, like our Chinese brother, who, who's there who can connect people to Jesus. And when Paul reflects on that, he celebrates that. The whole palace guard got to hear about Jesus. How good is that? So that's the first reason he's excited. The second, though, is because of the impact that his imprisonments had on other believers. And he says there that other believers gained a confidence because of his being put in prison. Now, we know this experience. Whenever you hear about brothers and sisters around the world in the hardest places, be Christians. You know, I don't know, have you ever heard about that of like in Egypt? When they go back to the site where their partner was killed, but they go back to continue to serve Jesus. When you hear about believers in North Korea who are put in prison for their faith, people who believe in China who like solitary confinement, all of that sort of stuff, when you hear that, the impact on us is confidence. We know this feeling. If they can do it overseas, we can do it here. If they can do it where they're going to die for their faith, I can do it in my street, in my neighborhood, in my workplace. This is what Paul's touching on here. His imprisonment has had an impact on others around him, and Paul's celebrating other people have more confidence because of his faith. He's celebrating here that the whole mission of God does not lie on one person. You know, it doesn't fall on Paul to take the gospel out. It's a team effort, and he gets that. And he celebrates that. Yes, he's in prison, and God did work through that with the palace guard, but he's celebrating other people got to take the message out as well. So the second reason he's excited is because people are confident. But then the third is, we see, because the message of Jesus is going out. Now, this is one of the most astounding passages, I think, from Paul speaking about mission. He says, some people are speaking about Jesus to get at me. 
envy, rivalry, competition. They're trying to frustrate me and annoy me. You know, it's almost like uh, some people understand that Paul's been put in prison, and so the position as, as top dog is up for grabs. So they're like, well, if Paul's in prison, let's go after it, and we can be put in that spot. Others, he says, are preaching Jesus out of goodwill, out of love. And when you reflect on that, one group's trying to annoy me, the other group's doing it out of love. But he's, I don't care. (laughs) He doesn't care why people speak about Jesus. He just cares that that people are speaking about Jesus. And so his imprisonment has actually stirred more people to speak about Jesus. And so when he hears that, he's filled with joy. He's excited by the fact that God is at work in him and through him and around him. And it's so exciting to see that God is at work even when you reflect on his hardships and his difficulties. Now, as we see Paul's excitement in difficult moments, in some ways it's it's awesome to see this for Paul, but in some ways I also feel like we just go, well, that's great for Paul, but what about for us? You know, what, what about for us when we think about it? Because Paul's experience was a bit different to ours, Paul's not going through a global pandemic. We are. Paul's timing's a little bit different. You know, Paul hasn't had the year that I've had. Paul hasn't suffered like I have, faced the challenges like I have. Maybe for you, when you reflect on this year, it it, it actually wasn't just this year that was the pain and the troubles. I know for some of us, the struggles of this year are just consistent struggles. You know, it hasn't just been one year, it's been a season, right, of year after year. So what about for us when we face difficulty, trouble, suffering? How can we have a joy here? How can we have a joy in the present season and excitement in the present season, right? Not just in theory, but like today. How can we presently be excited today, even on the back of all that we've been through this week or this year or the last few years? Well, I think what Paul is showing us here is something that's really important to see. And it's that God is at work. And when God is at work, there is something to celebrate. You see, when we look in, and when we can't lift our eyes, the walls close in around us. But when when we're able to lift our eyes and look up and see that God is at work, there is reason to celebrate. There is reason to be excited, even in our present situation. And so as we think about this, I think there's two reasons for us to be excited. Excited as we look back and excited as we look forward, wherever we are. Excited as we look back and excited as we look forward. So first and foremost, when we see this truth that God is at work, we can be excited as we look back on what God has been doing this year. You see, I I know that this year when we think about 2020, it's been difficult, COVID, all that stuff. But as we reflect on this year, God has been at work this year. And that's true individually, right? That's true for many of us. We've grown individually in our faith. We've learned to trust God. It's it's been a difficult season, but we've grown. We've become more like Jesus in the fruit of the Spirit. We're more patient. We're more loving. We're more kind. Like, that's happened this year. But there's another reason to be be excited and to celebrate when we think about what God has been doing here at Southside. Right, so let's reflect on that. And if there's something here that you want to clap, I'm encouraging you to break out of the Presbyterian stuff that we're, you know, that's deep within my veins too. It's going to feel uncomfortable for me. But as we think about this, what God has been doing, I think there is a reason to be excited. So this year, right, first and foremost, this year in a COVID year, Southside had a service every week. (laughs) 
Yeah. We didn't know what live stream was before, and we do now. <laughs> and we even stopped it, right? That's how far, you know, we conquered it. We've been, but we had a service every week, right? That's a big thing in a COVID year, that we could actually do that. And for most of us, we've been here most weeks all year. You know, that for a brief season we were online, but then we've been here. But it gets better than that. This year at Southside, we've run three Christianity courses over this year. We've had 30 people helping us out, but 10 people exploring Jesus. And of that, four people have made a commitment to follow Jesus. Right? We can be excited this year. God has been doing something in these courses. When we think about English for Life this year. Right? We run a ministry, English for Life at Church. It's been one of the most difficult years for them because when the restrictions came, people stopped coming. And then a couple of weeks ago when the restrictions lifted, they just had everyone back, just like that. But this year, they've been reading the Bible. Chrissy and her team have been reading the Bible with three women who never knew about the Bible, don't know about Jesus, and they're so excited to turn up each week and to hear about Jesus. That's exciting. That's good. It's worth celebrating. Think about Southside Youth. Yes, Southside Youth. We started the year with 20 regulars. We did Zoom Youth, right? That's, <laughs> that's a bit grim, right? <laughs> Just go and find Sam Harder. He's got nine year six boys and see how he found Zoom on <laughs> Youth on Zoom. But Southside Youth, we did that, and it, God worked in that, and we finished the year. We started with 20 regulars. We finished the year with 28 regulars, of which two put their trust in Jesus for the first time. God is at work. God is at work at youth. How good is that to see our teenagers? Playgroup this year. Playgroup started with 18 parents. Twelve of those parents were from church. Six weren't from church. They're finishing the year with 28 parents, half of which are from outside of our church. How good is that? <laughs> Connecting into those relationships. Kids' church. Kids' church. You think youth on Zoom is hard. Kids' church. I don't know how our kids' church teachers turned up after we came back. The scarring was so deep. This year was hard for kids' church. And our kids, when you think about it, they went, what, three months without actually having kids' church, without gathering together. Our teachers, then when they did come back, they had to pivot and shift and do two services, you know, without the consistency of the kids that they've grown in relationships with. But over this year, God's been at work. We've seen parents take more responsibility to look after their kids' faith. That's something. Parents, if you've been doing that over, over COVID and that's stopped, don't stop doing that because that will be so worth it for the future. But more than that, did you see the kids last week? Man, they were so happy to be back. They loved it. And it's a sign that God is at work in our church when the kids can go three months without kids' church and come back and just like it never stopped. Our kids' church team, the teachers, everyone involved, that's worth celebrating. Let's celebrate that. And then you think, even just that, you think of our Sunday services, right? So before COVID, we had about 205 people on a Sunday who would come. After COVID, with two services, we had about 230. We were averaging 230. So 25 people joined us after COVID. Last week, I know it's one week, so you can't get an average of that. But last week was pumping. We had 250 people with us last week. Man, that's worth, that's worth celebrating. 
Now, when you think about all of this stuff, all right, you got your clapping out. Well done. I feel like I should clap you, but I won't because I'm Presbyterian. But when you think about all that God has done, you know, like when we look in on ourselves this year, oh man, it's been a hard year. It's been a hard year when we, when we zone in on us, right? And I'm not just saying us, me and Elizabeth, it's been hard for us this year. Difficult year, right? We get that. I'm not saying let's flee from that. I'm not saying let's fake that. But I'm saying when we look up and see what God has done in us and through us and around us, it's worth celebrating. It's worth being excited about because there's a joy here that God is doing something. And more than that, I think if Paul were to write today, I think he would say this, what has happened in 2020 has served to advance the gospel. This year is not a waste. God has done some stuff. I didn't think that would get me emotional. (laughs) And I'm about to have a kid. (laughs) Oh boy. So when we look back, we can celebrate. We can be excited. More than that. We can be excited as we look forward. And not because there's a cricket game on today. But because God is at work. Now tomorrow night, we're going to have a vision night. Well, we're going to look at the next five years and we're going to have this line that I think captures what we're talking about here to be a part of someone's story. And it's such an awesome line because it captures what we're talking about here. You know, there is nothing more exciting than being a part of someone's story, helping someone come to faith. There's nothing better. There, there just isn't, right? That's the best thing that we can do to help someone find Jesus. And over the next five years, we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about what it means for us to commit to that vision to see more and more people come to know Jesus. But we can be excited by this. This is not like blind optimism. God has worked in the past. He worked this year. And we can be excited by what God is going to do in the future. We can be excited as a church committing to what God is doing here. When we're committed to see people come to know Jesus, we can be excited by that. We can be excited that God has sovereignly placed us in our relationships for a reason. We can be excited there's a responsibility in that, but that God's going to work in that. Right? You can be excited by that fact. You can be excited by the fact that we as a church can be intentionally on mission, helping people see Jesus. We can be excited as we go as a church together in this, not as individuals, Right? You're not alone in this. The mission of God doesn't fall solely on your shoulders, but together, as we go together as a church on mission, as all of us move into our community, we can be excited by that. And when we get a rejection, right? When we get no, we can be excited that someone else is getting a yes and push into that even more next time around. We can be excited by the missional courses that we're going to run next year. That next year we're going to get more people And we're going to see more people come to know Jesus. And I can't wait to be a part of that. I can't wait to hear people's stories of how 2021, they move from death to life. When we see what God is doing in us and through us and around us, it gives us room even in the deepest darkness to find a joy that God is with us and still at work. So as we finish this year, this year has not been a waste We can be excited by what God has done and we can be excited by what God will do in the future. Let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you are a God that works in this world. Father, that you work in us and through us and around us. Father, there's so much joy in this. Lord, you are the sovereign God and the creator of this world, and we just can't wait to see you do a work in people's lives. Father, give us the courage, the boldness, the ability to move into those spaces, knowing that you haven't done this alone, that you haven't left us to do this alone, but that you're working with us. Father, we pray as a church here at Southside that we would reach more people. Father, we know this matters, and so we pray that you'd reach more people, that more people would come to know Jesus, that more people would come from death to life. And we pray that for your glory and the good of people everywhere. In Jesus' name, amen.